This is the SPU Voices podcast, where we tell personal stories with universal impact. I'm your host, Amanda Stubbert, and this is my producer, Kyle. Say hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Today, we sat down with Danny Siasio. When Danny was an SPU student, he started working as a game day media assistant for both the Sounders and the Seahawks, while also being the sports editor for the Falcon newspaper. After graduating in 2015 with a degree in communication journalism, Danny worked his way up within the Sounders FC organization to his current role as manager of social media, giving him a front row seat for all three of the MLS Cup finals he has covered. Danny, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh... Glad to be here. Well, let's start with the obvious question. Why sports? What got you into sports to begin with? Yeah, just kind of a wild thing. Uh, So I grew up in Boise, Idaho. Obviously, the sports that I had in my community were much more of the minor league scale. So uh, we were fans of the regional sports teams. So like the Mariners, like the Seahawks, like like the uh, Denver Broncos and Utah Jazz. But we didn't really have anything in our own backyard. So... I fell in love with just playing baseball in my backyard with my dad and watching sports on TV with my sister and my dad, and it grew from there. It really was one of those things where it was a combination of my passion, which was sports, and what I really enjoyed doing in school, which was writing. And ever since I was in middle school, the plan was to move to Seattle and be a sports writer, work in sports communications. So awesome to see it come to life. So you're living the dream, for real. I'm living my 14-year-old Danny Siasio dream. Yes, definitely. That's fantastic. I wish more of us could, could say that. So do you still play sports? Um, it's a lot more watching and writing and tweeting than it is playing. Uh, uh, the occasional tennis match here and there, I played tennis through high school and uh, will toss a frisbee with my roommates when I can. But for the most part, it's, uh, it's a lot, lot more of the observing than the playing. All right, so let's talk about how that dream came true. Can you talk about your journey with the Sounders? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, the plan when I uh, graduated high school in 2011 was to move to Seattle and break into the industry. So my fall quarter of freshman year, I started writing for the Falcon at SPU, knowing that the networking that I was going to establish there was can only be beneficial for me. So. Uh, by the spring quarter of my freshman year, uh, I applied for the sports editor position, um, which is super rare for freshmen, but just the way that uh, the opportunity presented itself, uh, I jumped at it. And then over the course of the next year, I was working a lot in, that, in the SPU athletic department with Dan Lepsey and Mark Machetti, who are the sports information directors uh, on campus, two very great guys. And in that collaboration and networking, I asked both of them if they knew anyone in the Seattle area that I could continue that mentorship with or just get to know in any way I could. And they sent me the email address and connected me to the guy who did PR for for the Sounders at the time. And I shot this guy an email. Uh, Mark and Dan both gave me a five-star Yelp review. And uh, next thing I know, uh, Mike, the PR guy, asks if I can work the next match, like the very next day. And I go, what on earth? Uh, yeah, I yeah. And it was, uh, I'll never forget it because it was uh, finals week of winter quarter. And I brought my microeconomics and uh, animal biology textbooks to the press box and was half studying, half uh, learning what to do uh, kind of on the job. But uh, super memorable experience. And uh, my job then was just to 
pass out papers in the press box to all the media members and then I would transcribe the interviews in the locker room after the game just get a few quotes and uh, transcribe them because all the media members who are on deadline it's basically a service to them to have the the quotes already transcribed and I asked the Mike the PR guy I'm like so do I get to come back next game they're like yeah sure and that was seven seasons ago and we're still we're, we're still doing it so uh yeah it's it's just amazing to think of those like humble beginnings of not really knowing you know if it was just a one-day thing or beyond that but now I'm uh, definitely part of the Sounders family well that is fantastic I can imagine that uh if you'd been dreaming that dream since you were 14 that that first day first game even the second and third game it must have been a little bit like is this really happening somebody pinch me yes yes definitely the way it all unraveled I remember uh two weeks into my freshman year I went to a Sounders match and I had heard uh the, the Sounders matches were really fun, even though I'd never been a part of one before. And uh, obviously soccer culture and soccer fans can be so boisterous and fun to be a part of. And I went to that match and there ended up being 64,000 people there. And it's one of the, still one of the most famous matches in club history. And just, to, I was sucked in immediately. So to go from that to the very next year, being part of the team that helped the operation of it all was, was pretty wild. And then, I just knew that from that point on, I was going to do whatever it took to not only state the Sounders, but climb the ladder as much as I could and uh, just be a part of it. So those first few games being in the locker room and like you were saying, just doing all the hard work, doing whatever anyone needed to have done. Did you have some starstruck moments, some moments of meeting some of your heroes? What was nice about the Sounders, and I make this joke a lot, is that they're the most average-looking professional athletes. You know, a lot of soccer players, you wouldn't, you know, they're not like, you know, these cartoonish characters like you see in the NBA or NFL. They're just your average neighbor who just happens to be very good at soccer. So there really wasn't too much like a pinch myself moment at that time. Uh, over the course of the next year or so, you know, I worked some events where it was bigger names were coming in the building, and then within the next like year or two I was doing the same job for the Seahawks and you know by that time I was kind of used to it so it wasn't too much of like a starstruck moment but I think if I would have started like with the Seahawks right away as a sophomore in college that would have provided a lot more of that kind of pinch myself but Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to keep it under control for the most part. (laughs) Well that's good. Do you have a memorable moment of meeting someone that you'd always wanted to meet? There was one that was pretty wild in, in 2016. We had a, a massive tournament that Seattle was fortunate to be a part of hosting called Copa America. And uh, Argentina's draw came to Seattle. And the role that I had there was the liaison between uh, the stadium and the team and uh, Argentina. And I would hung out around uh, Messi for a couple of days. And to understand the sheer size of and his impact on on the global game is truly unfathomable he's one of the most famous people on earth and i've never seen just a draw like that uh, remind me of like what you would hear about michael jordan in the 90s or michael jackson when he was on tour it was just just around the hotel or like around the stadium or on the training facility it was uh, uh definitely something i'll never forget so let's get into the actual, the work that you do. Um, you, you know, you're part of a very young and rapidly changing field. How have you seen the social media landscape change just within the short time that you've been in the industry? 
Definitely. It's so interesting. So I started really going to the office and working every day uh, in the fall of 2014 um, during my senior year. And at that time, I was still on the PR communication side. And I did that for about two and a half years. And then in summer 2017, I switched over to the digital media team where I've been for almost three years now. And even the, the changes between 2014 and 2017 were massive. Uh, and then it's been an equally big gap since I started even a few years ago on the digital side. For example, we, every single post we do on Twitter now has some kind of multimedia asset, you know, a GIF, a video, mm-hmm. a, a photo. Mm-hmm. When I started working the Sounders, you couldn't even add a, a photo to a tweet. Uh, Instagram stories didn't really exist a couple of years ago, and now it's like a major part of our, what we do every single day. And now I have to learn TikTok because that's a new big thing. I'm still like, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, five steps behind half the time because you want to be not only know what to do, but you have to keep it at such a professional level to represent the brand as well. So it is, uh, it's, it's amazing how you'd have to stay on top of the trends, both within, the, within, the, within each app, but also be aware that, you know, there might be new apps that come along that are, that if you don't come a part of it, then you're going to be missing a major part of the landscape, uh, such, such as TikTok or Snapchat four or five years ago. So for those of us who, who might think this is a dream job, or even for students who are in communications right now that are thinking, boy, I'm coming after you, Danny, I want your job someday. Would you say that that rapidly changing, always having to learn nature of the job, does that is that the worst part of the job for you? Is that the best part or, or is it a little bit of both? Uh, it's definitely part of it. It's undeniable that, you know, there, it, pre- it presents a challenge, but every job should be challenging in some way or else you don't really feel, you know, it doesn't really feel like a job at that point. So uh, I would say more than anything, this job, you just, you just always have to be on. And I'm in a place in my life uh, where I'm okay with that. And I really want my career and my passion and what I spend the vast majority of my time doing all be combined into one amazing job that has some really cool experience opportunities. And that's, and I'm fully okay with that. I know that priorities may shift, whether it's, you know, I want to move back to Boise with my family or, you know, a relationship takes me elsewhere or whatever it may be that the priorities may shift. But for me, the only way that this job really works is like if you're okay with the idea of always being on, always just, you know, it's never going to be a job that you leave the office at a certain time and can not think about until the next day. It's, mm-hmm. you're just, you're fully in it at all times. And, uh, and I'm here for it, but I don't know if that's going to be a, a forever feeling that I have. And, and when this comes, as a part of sports, which is something you've loved since you were a little kid, mm-hmm. does that actually take a little bit of the shine off the road? Um, the rose? I mean, if you're always on and you can never let down, are sports still fun for you? That's a good point. I think it is interesting. Like, even if I casually watch like an, an NBA game or you know another sport, I'll always be monitoring each of those teams' Twitter feeds or Instagram profiles. Like oh, how are they covering this game? You know, so like, like that is just, so you're always kind of wired that way. And uh, uh, yeah, the sports are fun. And a huge reason because of that is I'm very fortunate that the Sounders are 
one of the most successful sports franchises in North America. And even though I've only been full-time with the Sounders for five years, I've, like you said, I've gone to three championships. We won two of them. I've been a part of two parades. I've been covered in champagne in the locker room. <laughs> burned it on the field uh, with, my, with my iPhone uh, to get content after we won in front of 70,000 fans at home. Those experiences I live for. And I know a lot of people in the industry who have been doing this for a lot longer than I have who are just waiting for, for one of those moments like that. So for me, yeah, sports are still a lot of fun because the vast majority of my experiences in it, especially because of the performance of the team, has been positive. Right. So it's, it seems like you just are gathering these, these once-in-a-lifetime memories, right, that you'll have forever. So that sounds fantastic. Are there difficult moments? Are there things that have been hard for you to cover or post? Yeah, there's always going to be some, you know, challenging situations. Uh, to be very specific, there was one time in, in 2017 where when the U.S. failed to qualify for the World Cup in 2018, which was a catastrophic failure for U.S. soccer, and obviously we had players on our team who were representing the country. Well, one of the direct reasons why they didn't qualify is because uh, Panama ended up winning their game, which led the domino effect to the reason why the U.S. didn't qualify. And the captain of that team from Panama and their best player and who scored the game-winning goal was also a sounder and also on our team. So we, at digital media, we have to cover our players, right? So we have to cover the, and celebrate the successes that, of a player who's going to the World Cup for the first time in this country's history. But by doing so, it prevented other players on our team not going. And that was quite the pickle. And we still, you know, there's a lot of negativity online. And, mm -hmm. you know, from very early on, I've learned to navigate when fans are angry. Are they angry because it's something I can control or what I can't control? And then you kind of react from there. But uh, that was a, an unexpected and unusual situation uh, for sure. Is it hard not to take it personally when there's negative reaction to something that you've posted? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of goes back to what I, what I just said, where if I, if I were to post something and I see the, the reaction to negative, my immediate thought is, are they mad at something that I can control, something that I did, or are they just mad about something that I can't control? If they're right. mad about the sound Are they, are they mad about what happened, or are they mad yeah. about how that, you talked about it? Right. So if, if they are really mad that the Sounders lost the game, that does not affect me personally, and I don't read the comments. If I tried to make a joke or I tried to do some banter with the team and it doesn't reflect well for whatever reason that the fans don't like and they're mad at me for posting it, then I you know take notes and say, okay, we're not touching that ever again. We're not going to do that. So um, luckily, you know, because of the success of the team and because of uh, – my diligence of really kind of knowing the appetite of what our, what our fans want and whatnot. I, you know, feel like we avoid those situations, but definitely mindful of, you know, making sure that if there is negativity um, in our, in the responses to what we're posting, if it's, you know, whether or not it's something that we are in control of. Sure. Sure. That makes total sense. Do you have a, a favorite post, one that achieved um, a lot of, 
acclaim, a lot of likes, a lot of shares. Do you, do you have one specific job that you, that you worked on that you're specifically proud of? Yeah, our, uh, our rivalry with Portland is really intense and it goes back to different iterations of soccer teams in both cities ever since the mid-70s. So it's one of the biggest rivalries in North America um, across all sports. And uh, there's also a rivalry between our digital teams. And like, uh, I know the people who, who are there. Um, actually, uh, a former SPU student, Danny Miller, uh, got hired there last year. And I knew him for several years from college. So it's been fun to see uh, us kind of have this like rivalry via digital media banter. And when whoever wins the head-to-head matchups in, in those games, obviously it's a great celebration on the field, but it is a heck of a celebration for the digital media team because both sides have banter lined up and ready to go. And there is some weird type of Christmas morning thrill you get when you're about to fire off some like rapid banter that you know is going to you know be received well. Uh, so the last couple of years, we've really, you know, lined up our ideas and, you know, gotten freelance animators involved and whatnot. And uh, those, those were always a good time. That does sound like a lot of fun. Uh, so what's next for you? If you've already um, this early in your career pretty much achieved, you know, what you've wanted since you were 14, what, what's next? Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, thing to think about. I feel like one thing that I know for sure is I'm still in that uh, phase of my life where I want to gather as many cool experiences as possible. Um, because we won the championship last year, we qualified for a tournament that uh, brought us to Honduras uh, in February. So we had a two week preseason in Mexico city and then a match in Honduras. And just to be part of a team or any kind of employer that puts you in those kind of situations, is just, it's just really cool. So uh, I think continue to show my worth to the Sounders and, you know, being, be someone who, who they can rely on to take more managerial positions and, climb the corporate ladder, but also be in a spot where you're able to have some pretty incredible experiences. Um, and I feel like I'm in a good spot where I'm able to accomplish that at the Sounders. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, I hope you'll keep in touch with us with um, all the wonderful things I'm sure you have in store with your career, but we like to end every podcast with the same question. And that is this, since you have a very unique perspective on the world, if everyone in Seattle could wake up tomorrow and do one thing differently that was going to make the world a better place, what would you have them do? Like right now, I want everyone to monitor their situation and, you know, financially and see if they're in a position where they can give to others who are, who have been impacted by uh, COVID-19. I'm grateful that the Sounders have created a, a relief fund for the struggling businesses that are affected by us not having match day and just dealing with that every day has been something that has opened my eyes of just how many people around us are being affected by it. So I would say my answer for that is in the current climate, just really analyze, you know, where you are. And if there's, if you have capacity to give to others around you, I feel like now is a great time to, uh, to get into that. Um, I think it's hard for, for young people to convince themselves that they're in a situation where it's okay to give and that it's easy to kind of push it off to something later on in life. Like, oh yeah, when I'm older or more stable, I'll you know, help others and donate to this and that. But 
I think this is a good challenge for all of us to really look at our situations and see if uh, we can help someone who may not be uh, in the same spot that you're in. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. It's, it's all about feeling like what is enough, isn't it? If we have enough, then we have some to share. So, all right. Thank you, Danny. We really appreciate you spending some time over Zoom with us today. And we are so looking forward to when the Sounders are back out on the field. And we will look for you down on the field, taking some of those photos and sending out those posts. Hey, if the Sounders win a home match, I am the one sprinting across the field to get that that content. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. (laughs) We'll be watching for you. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Have a great day, guys.